my head, there was no other option. We were just there to, to run and win that race. And sometimes that's really helpful because your mind doesn't give you another option. This is The Upper Hand, a podcast series by IMC. I'm Tim Polasek, and in this podcast, I invite masters of different games to see what steps you need to take to master your favorite game. From poker to Valorant and crypto to ultra running, you'll find out how you can use theory and practice to become the best. So here we are once more in the south of Morocco. This year, the Marathon des Sables is the longest ever with 257 kilometers, a record distance covering six stages. And as usual, you carry all your own food with you. In this episode, we're going to take a look at one of the most extreme sporting events, the Marathon des Sables. The marathon takes place in the Moroccan desert and lasts six days, in which participants have to cross around 250 kilometers through the burning heat. It's one of the most famous ultramarathons that requires training, discipline, and a healthy lifestyle. To understand how a person can prepare their body and their mind to be able to do this, I invite Ragnar Debats to the studio. Ragnar is a professional runner and became world champion in trail running in 2018. In 2019, she decided she wanted to do the Marathon des Sables, and with success. She was the first woman to cross the finish line and won the race. She's going to tell me how she got from only being able to run a 2K to running 250 kilometers in the desert. I'm joined here by Ragnar Debats. It's lovely to have you here. Yeah, I'm really pleased to be here too. Oh, good yeah. stuff. So obviously what we've just heard, you can now run incredible distances and under extreme situations, but you must have begun like everyone else with running where did you start actually i i've always been a, a sports person and i grew up with horse riding with uh, i became a dressage training after uh, finishing my school went to live in in germany and uh, after finishing my study i settled in tarragona in a, well, in a in a village in the province of uh, tarragona and uh, by then i had stopped with my horse career and i was like kind of lost because um I had been focusing my whole life in sport. And then I started to try out all kinds of sport, like cycling and skating and whatever I uh, well, could find. And one of the sports I tried was running. And I felt like, whoa, I can't run. Like, I couldn't run for two kilometers. I couldn't. I like It was like, but then I really liked it because it was like, Oh, I ran for two or three kilometers and I was really, really knackered. And I was like, oh, this is nice. <laughs> and um, and then I felt like, you know, I ran once or twice a week. And uh, then I, I put like goals not to run fast, but just to distance, to get to a certain distance. So my first goal was like to get to run five kilometers. And I really felt like I was progressing really well, really easily. And so 5K, oh, wow, I did this. And then I focused, like, let's do a 10K, which was, like, from my village to the city. So I arrived at the city, sat down on the, in a bar, drank a Coca-Cola, and, and then I was like, oh, how am I going to get, get back, back now? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I walked all the way back because I was tired. And so I put little goals, and then... Um, at some point, uh, people asked me if I wanted to run a trail run. And I was like, what is that? <laughs> I didn't know uh, about trail running. At that time, I could run like mm, 20K. 
And this race was 23k, but it was in the mountains. And uh, I subestimated that quite a bit, I think, because I thought, I mean, it's just like two more kilometers. But yeah, it's in the mountains, but yeah, it will be nice. I like nature. So I did it and my body was totally destroyed. Mm. Totally. <laughs> It took me about two months to recover from that oh, race. Wow. But then I really, really loved it. I really loved it. And I was like, oh, it just reminded me of when I was young and I, I galloped with the ponies through the forest. And it's like, oh, it felt, I felt like, oh, this is freedom. Like, it's really nice. And and that's how I, yeah, got into trail running. And then I started running all like kind of uh, races, uh, local races and uh, the Catalan selection team, they saw that I was winning all those races and they so they called me and asked me if I wanted to run in the Catalan team, which I felt like, wow, that's a great honor. And they took me like uh, to do the, the to, to run the Spanish Cup and then later they took me to run the World Cup races, the sky running races. And so I, I yeah, that was the first part of my uh, my career as a, as, a, as a trail runner and I, it, I was always very, very grateful, and uh, yeah, to to form part of it and to to grow like in such a natural way into into the sport. There's loads of progression there, right? Hmm. In uh, in in going from uh, starting out your first few kilometers uh, in in uh, Tarragona to being asked to compete in the in the Catalan team as well, and you obviously ended up. Uh, now being one of the best runners out there as well, like how how, how does the the training schedule for that look like now? You know, had you it, there's an element obviously of enjoying it as you say, which is mm. really important. Yeah. Um, but there must also be a planning and strategy element around training for it and and making sure that you're you know using your body and your mind to the best of your ability during those competitions. How yeah. do you how do you tackle that? Yeah, there's a lot of dedication, obviously, and uh, often you have to set beside your social life a little bit and focus on 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 your sport because uh, you know it's it's not just the training sessions but also the recovery and everything a healthy lifestyle good food and and very like um constant training sessions it's always important to be able to train in a constant way so you don't want to get injured uh, because that will take you out to uh, mm-hmm. of your training schedule and you just want to keep going and so uh, well, obviously, I work with a trainer, and I have other specialists helping me, and uh, they know me very well. I think communication is very important. Uh, so my trainer knows, you know, everything about me, basically how I feel. Uh, yeah, then it's just hard work, training, focusing, uh, preparing races, rest afterwards, and. Yeah, it's hard work. I mean, within all that hard work, how do you keep yourself motivated? Obviously, it's important to to distract your mind and to do other things. And uh, I have a daughter, an eight-year-old daughter, and I often like do things with her and I do enjoy that a lot. And that helps also just to keep like your mood up because that's important. To have everything uh, outside of your sports world, it has to be all good as well because mm-hmm. otherwise you won't be able to run freely because you're thinking of other things. So it's... Uh, yeah, it's important to to stay motivated, and I think um, you always have to try and look for challenges that you really believe in and that you really want to achieve. So, uh, if you, uh, from for example, last year there was a world championship in Thailand, and I I didn't feel I wanted to go there, so I didn't go there. Mm-hmm. Like, 
yeah, do what you want. Staying true to your yeah, own straight beliefs. To, that's, and, uh, yeah, yeah, I think that's very, very important. Yeah. You mentioned earlier that you felt while you were doing the trail running that you had the same sort of feeling of, of freedom that you had when you were when you were horse running. Can you explain a little bit more about that that feeling that kept yeah. you going with with trail mm-hmm. running and, and why you continued with it so yeah. so impressively? It's not just sport. There's so much more to it, I think, and that gives me a lot of happiness. And I think that's also why I uh, was well. I've been able to to win so many races because I'm really passionate. And I really, really love what I do. Yeah, I can definitely feeling feel it here sitting next to you. The way <laughs> yeah. you're explaining it, it's making me think, well, what am I going to do tomorrow morning? I should probably go on a trail run. Sounds sounds incredible. Okay, amazing. I've got one one quick question as well. Uh-huh. You're Catalan Dutch as well. And you mentioned that healthy eating is really good in preparation for a race. Yeah. Now, I'm interested in, you know, what's the best strategy for preparing for a race, but also which type of food is the best in preparing for a race? Uh, I try to uh, control the uh, macronutrients. So I, I eat quite a lot of carbohydrates. I like a 65% of, of my uh, food intake is a carbohydrate. If you eat processed food, you'll see that in no time you you can accumulate a lot of fat in your diet and you have to control it and to keep it in within the, the limit. So I have like, actually, I, I, I register what I eat. Then I have a blood analysis and to check if I'm doing well. Um, and sometimes it's necessary to to take extra iron, for example, right. or vitamin yeah. D, like, you know, supplements. All right. Thanks so much for sharing all that information. And let's get into some more details around the Marathon des Sables. Mm-hmm. Before Ragnar is going to fill me in on all her best tips and tricks for completing the Marathon des Sables, let's first have a look at some theory behind running. It's important to really understand your body and the way that you can train it in order to get to these long distances. It's especially important that you're not overburdening your body. You won't be the first person that overdoes it with training and walks around with shin splints for weeks. So you need to think about your training schedule. Luckily, researchers have looked into all kinds of strategies that will make you better, and faster, and one of those is called threshold running. With threshold running, you can improve your pace for long distances. This refers really to the lactate threshold, the maximum pace that you can run for a long period of time without experiencing that lead-like heavy feeling in your legs. This feeling in your legs is caused by the lactates that are produced by your body during high-intensity training. Normally, the body's able to clear the lactates, but when you've reached the threshold, it no longer can. The feeling in your legs will leave you breathless and tired and will negatively impact on your runs. That's why it's smart to practice threshold training. During the training, you run long distances at a pace that's just beneath your threshold. Your body then gets used to this level of exercise and can actually learn to produce fewer lactates, and also learns to deal with them even during high-intensity workouts. Sounds good, right? So, the big question is, how do you know what your threshold is and therefore what pace you should be running? For most people, the pace for a threshold run lies just below the pace that you can sustain for an hour. If you really want to be sure of your threshold or pace, you can do a sports test that determines your lactate threshold and maximum heartbeat. Let's try and push that threshold up. 
Let's get back to Ragnar and her winning race in 2019. She's perfected her training regime and her tactical choices during the race. She's going to fill me in on all her secrets. So in 2019, you decided that you were going to take on an even bigger challenge, the Marathon des Sables. Mm -hmm. Now, I understand this is 250 kilometers over six days in the middle of the desert. Yeah, that's right. That's yeah. pretty insane. Yeah, yeah. And then it's also self-sufficient. So you have to carry everything you need on your own back. Uh, yeah, it's quite an interesting race, I think, because it's so complete. You have to deal with all kind of different factors, with the heat, the cold in the night, the wind, the sandstorms. And so in, in 2019, it was the first time you did it? Yeah. And you won it? Yes, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's, no, that's yeah. no easy feat. How did you... How did you prepare yourself mentally and physically for something like that and then end up winning it as well? Yeah, it was quite a quick preparation, actually, because uh, I had some kind of injury. Uh, it wasn't severe, but it like slowed the process of preparation down. And I know that many people prepare it like, you know, for a year maybe or for mm -hmm. a long time. And obviously I have uh, my physical conditions are there already, but it's so it's just uh uh, matter of um, prepare like specific things like running with a backpack and yeah. uh, maybe focusing a little bit more on flat running, fast running. But the that first edition, I felt like I only had like four weeks or something like of specific preparation. And sometimes it's also good, you know, because uh, you really have to focus in that short period of time and you you really try to get the most out of it. And I wasn't Prioritize. like, you know, sometimes when you have so much time to prepare a race, uh, you get like a little bit tired or, you know, motivation drops down. And I think last time it was just like a perfect pre preparation in the sense that my motivation was always like 100%. Are they the hardest things to deal with in a race like that then? The weather conditions or the terrain conditions? Uh, I, I think with a multi-stage race, it's always the uh, accumulative thing. Like the first day, you're going to be feeling really well. Yeah. <laughs> the second Motivated, day, maybe not yeah. so much because your body is saying like, oh, but you raced yesterday. Do you want to, you know... Are you sure? Again, it, you know, like, yeah. and and then after three days, you your body like gets more accustomed and uh, accepts that you want to keep running. Uh, so you have to just manage your fatigue and and try to recover well, eat well. And the final stage was, in this case, like the stage I almost like felt the best. I have to admit that you know every day you eat like six hundred grams or more. So every day your backpack weighs less. Yeah. And that also gives some kind of feeling like, oh, I finally can run like freely again. But uh, yeah, in 2019, uh, I really enjoyed the last stage and I was really, really pleased, you know, when I got to the finish line. Wow, yeah. that's incredible. But you I never can't know. imagine... I can't imagine enjoying those last days. I was just uh, so many kilometers to run, but it sounds like you really managed to use you know your mental awareness your uh, psychological approach to dealing with your body pains yeah i think that is something you prepare uh, in the main part before you go to a race uh, i once ran a, a stage race and uh, it was together with my partner you ran like in a couple and my partner somehow convinced me that um we were going to win that race like mm -hmm. so in my head there was no other option we were just 
there to to run and win that race. And sometimes that's really helpful because you just, yeah, your mind doesn't give you another option. And There's no space. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And there are not so many perfect races. Always there are things that don't go as well as you you want them to go, yeah. or things that are unexpected. But uh, if your mind is right, you can deal with them, and you will just find um, a solution, and then you will just keep going. Yeah. yeah. I mean, so during that whole uh, run as well, you've got a backpack on your back. You're bringing some things with you. Uh, you've brought some things today as well yeah. to, to show mm-hmm. what, what you actually bring with you. Yeah. How much do you take and uh, how do you decide what you can... Uh... Mm-hmm. Um, actually, you take as less as possible as yeah. like a front runner. Last time my backpack was six and a half, well, it was 6.6, I think. And that's difficult to achieve. Most runners will have more. There are actually runners who take all kind of luxury things. Well, I think they are luxury things like a toothbrush or <laughs> or toilet paper. Luxury toothbrush. <laughs> they are basic things, but they are. I mean, I just had my clothes. I was wearing. I didn't have anything else. Like I couldn't like swap my T-shirt or anything. I just dried it and put it on again. Uh, I had just my shoes. Uh, which I, I actually I took I brought them because I really love them because they are such an important part of it. I mean, they are the ones who you know who get you through it, and yeah. you depend a lot on 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 your shoes. So they're actually like completely sand proof because the sand in the desert is very 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 fine. Right, it's not okay. like on the beaches yeah. here. It's like a dust. Then my watch, mm-hmm. uh, I think it's super important. I think when you're running, your watch gives you company. Like you can have some details about what you're doing, how many kilometers you've run. I mean, you've got pl- well, uh, lots of details about what you're doing. But also like in, in between, this it's like a body. Like, you know, it really feels like you're connected. And then I always feel like I need to have some personal things with me. And yeah. uh, on my T-shirt, for example, I have my two dogs printed uh, with my daughter running and my partner running. So um, I feel, you know, when I'm out, when I'm out there, I'll, I'll feel them with me. Like they'll be Your running, running in some way. Like I, I won't be alone. They will be with me. So yeah, that's important. Is there any advice you would give listeners that might even begin to start contemplating doing something like a Marathon du Sable <laughs> or a trail running uh, exercise? Would you give any advice in, in preparing themselves uh, mentally or physically for that? When you want to prepare for trail running in general, I think you just have to like start easily. Don't demand too much and just, you know, let it evolve naturally and you will get better and work together with a trainer. So uh, you get the most out of it. And uh, regarding Marathon de Sables, then I think you have to just really focus on the preparation a lot. Uh, Do the specific specific preparations and uh, think a lot about your backpack uh, run it with it try it and and try like to think in a minimalist way you Mm -hmm. know you don't need all those extra things like I saw so many people with like you know you know my my backpack was six and a half but there are people with 14 kilos and that's all luxury like luxury toothbrush, luxury toilet paper. Yeah, and then they have like a power bank and a telephone. And I, I actually, it's really funny, but um, I left my home and I went on the well by plane, and yeah. I actually left my toothbrush at home because I was so focused on the race <laughs> that I actually didn't didn't even bring it. It didn't even bring it. No, and then I thought, oh, last occasion to brush my teeth. Oh no, I don't have a toothbrush. Like you know, two days before the race, I I stopped brushing didn't my have teeth it anyway. Yeah. <laughs> and then when I finished the race. 
I, I didn't even want to. Sh- I, mean, I, I wanted to shower, of course, but the thing I wanted to do most was to brush my teeth. And I didn't have a toothbrush, so I had to go to the market in Morocco to buy a toothbrush because that was really something I really, really wanted, yeah. like to feel clean that in some way. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so so bring it, possible. but don't take it to the rest, but bring it. <laughs> like, you're going again in two weeks, right? Yes. And gonna yeah, I will put my alarm and I will, <laughs> I will get my last shower and, and will brush my teeth and and hopefully it will work out Definitely that way. Make sure you have enough time for that. That's amazing. That's amazing. Thank you so much for joining us today, Ragnar. It's been absolutely incredible hearing about your experience. Ragnar knows from experience that everybody can train their body to run long distances. You just have to be committed to train consistently. However, you should also remember that it's incredibly important to listen to your own body and take rest days when you need them. Then you can run longer and longer distances and eventually participate in the most exciting ultra runs. In the next episode of The Upper Hand, I'm talking to Cortin. Cortin is a 3D artist and program manager at Polygonal Mind. They design spaces and events for the metaverse, and they are going to talk to me about all things in this new online world.